Why don't we go to shot present over this building? Um, so like, I'm just gonna go straight into the word. Um, yeah, so who was here last, last week? Like, if you enjoyed the message last, last week, um, like that message, like as much as it was for you, it was for me as well. And like, if you didn't, if you weren't here last week, go on our podcast, like go on um, the Table DC YouTube podcast and catch us up, up to date. Like last week, the sermon was called Reconnecting. Everyone say Reconnecting. And like initially, that was just supposed to be like a sermon. Like that was it. Like just one word, move on to the next. But God began to deal with me heavily. So now we're turning this into a series. So we're in part two of our series called Reconnecting. And if you weren't here last, last week, um, let's just like catch you up to, to base real quick. So our base verse is found in Revelation 2, verse 2. I'm going to give us 10 seconds to get there. And like Aji said, get, 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 get out your, your notepads, your phones. Like, or if you just like to remember stuff, that's cool. But I believe that the Spirit will say, something today that would that would change the narrative of your whole of your whole entire life so it says in revelations 2 verse 2 so christ writes a letter to his church of ephesus and he says this i know your industry and activities labor of toil and trouble and your patient endurance and how you cannot tolerate wicked men and have tested and critically appraise those who call themselves apostles, special messengers of Christ, and yet are not, and have found them to be imposters and liars. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not fainted or become exhausted or grown weary. So he's Saying to these people that, yo, like you've been faithful, like you've served me, like you've managed to keep yourself pure, you've managed to um, um, not allow the lies to affect your community. But then he goes on to say this in verse 4. But, everyone say but. But I have this one charge to make against you, that you've left, abandoned the love that you had for me at first. You have deserted me, your first love. Remember then from the heights you have fallen and repent. Change the inner man to meet God's will and do the works you did previously when you first knew the Lord or else I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. So Christ was letting these people know that like, yes, you're saved. Yes, you've been like, yes, you've been managed to walk a um, steadfast life, you're doing well for me, you're bearing up for my namesake, but the passionate love you had for me when you first came to me, like the passionate love you had for me when, when I first entered your life, you don't have that love no more. And for many of us, we're in a season where we know it, I know it. This is true for, for me, that the things I did when I came to Christ, I don't really do them no more. Like, I've become too comfortable, or, or I feel like, you know what, like, for whatever reason it, it, may, it may be, we found ourselves in a season where the joy, the love, the, 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 the enjoyment we had to even spend time with him every single day, due to the affairs of life, we no longer 
commit to trying to grow our relationship with him because we are saved. And how many of us have used salvation as a reason to stay the same? I know for me, I have. Like, I can go out and I can cuss you. I can live a life the way I want to live because at the end of the day, I'm saved. Like, like I can be saved and I can go out and not live a pure life because I know that if I come back to Christ, he'll forgive me. Like, how many of us use this salvation as a reason not to change, but as a reason to remain the same? Because we feel like grace enables us to just live a life that's not intentional. Like, we don't even preach about holiness no more. Right standing. Grace enables all of them things, but salvation is, is not a reason for you to leave your first love. And as a matter of fact, this is even my first point. Salvation is just the starting point. Like, 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 when you give your life to Christ, that's not when the journey ends. That's when the journey even begins. So, I'm going to say a story. So, last December, I go to Ghana, and I'm privileged to have, like, wealthy friends, you know. Obviously, God's blessed me with some wealthy people in my life. So, I go there, and my friend was, was like, bro, like, go to this restaurant and just get what you want. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, date time, I'll be there. Like, can I even bring a plus one? Like, how are we doing this? We're like, just go and get what you want. So I go there, and I, and I look at the menu, and I'm thinking, brother, like, a bottle of water is like 100 CDs. Like, I'm thinking, bro, like, what's happening here? So what did I, so what did I decide to, to do? Only get the starters. Like, you know, like the starters, like the free shrimps and that. That's, like, affordable for me. Just in case he didn't actually pay in full, I can get what, you know, I can afford. So I get the starters now. And then the waiter comes and be like, yo, is that all you want? I'm like, yeah, 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 like, it's cool. Like, I know my, like, I, I, I cut my coat according to my size, innit? So, it's cool. So, let's bring the bill. He was like, huh? I'm like, oh, no, no, bring, 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 the, bring, the, bring the bill. He was like, oh, it's paid for. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool. So, I go home with only having starters. So, my friend rings me and was like, bro, like, how was the meal? Like, did you enjoy the meal? Did you get the steak? Did you get the, the dessert? Did you get all of that? I was like, huh? Brother, I just had the starters, you know? And he was like, bro, but I told you that I had paid in full everything you're going to get. This guy, not knowing that he knows the owner of the place. So as I'm there thinking that I'm gonna be okay with starters, he had a full course meal. Eat all you can. Lined up for me. But I forfeited that because I just settled for starters. And that's how it's like when we just settle for salvation. We settle for just being saved. But we forfeit the plans. We forfeit the, 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 the life that he has for us. And, and we're like, okay, like I've made it to heaven. Like I've given my life to Christ now. I know I'm going to heaven. Yo, if the only thing God wanted for your life was for you to make it into heaven, why is it that when you gave your life to Christ, you didn't just evaporate into the sky? If that's all you want from you, 
for you to just come here and make a decision to give your life to Christ. If that's all you wanted from you, why is it that when you gave, when you gave your life to Christ, you didn't just shoot up into the sky and be like, Whoa! it's because he has more for you. He has a life for you of intimacy, deep union, like salvation is just a starting point. Go deeper into Christ. And this is just a season where I feel like we need to go deeper in him. We need to go deeper in him and pursue the life that he has for us. Salvation is only just a starting point. Look what it says in Galatians 5, 24. Galatians 5:24, And it says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus, like those who are saved, have crucified the flesh, the godless human nature, with its passions and appetites and desires. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us, everyone say, let us. Like, like if we call ourselves children of God, like if we call ourselves saved, if we call ourselves redeemed, and if we call ourselves the ones that have the Holy Spirit, if we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Holy Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward, like continue walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. If we live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Holy Spirit. Do not let um, 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 grace be the reason why you change, why you remain the same. As a matter of fact, grace is the reason, grace is everything. Grace changes your entire life. It changes your thought life. It changes your motives. But we become so comfortable that, you know what, God, I can go out and live a life that I want to and I can come back. He would accept you. Let's not get that part twisted. But the Bible is clear and it says that if we have received the Holy Spirit, let us continue to walk in line. As a matter of fact, you should give your life to Christ every single day. Not, not, as, a, not as a way to, like, every single day you wake, wake, wake up and be like, Father, I give my life to you. But salvation is a daily thing. It's constant. Father, today I've woken up and, Father, I know that my boss is going to annoy me. So, Father, your word told me to continually live a life by your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you today into my life to show me what to do, how to do, where to do, how to go, where to say. I thank you you would ordain my steps. It's daily. You're supposed to crucify your flesh daily. And I know Valentine's week can just happen and, you know, I don't know what happened to... But the Bible says we're meant to crucify ourselves daily. Daily. Look what it also says in John 15 verse 4. TPT version. So it says this. Like, like if, you've given your life, if you've given your life to me, that's cool. But what's the next step? It says, so you must... Everyone say must. You must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union, everyone say live in union with me as your source. Fruitfulness will stream, will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Like 
All I'm trying to say is that God ain't only called you to be saved. He's called you to bear fruit. Like the Bible says that the whole earth waits upon the manifestation of the sons and daughters of Christ. That means that even the chair that you sit on, even the comb that I used to brush my hair, even the shoes that I'm wearing, everything is waiting on me to be everything God has called me to be. Your life has purpose. And purpose is always an answer to a problem. There's things that won't change unless you walk in purpose. Let's not settle for being saved. Let's go deeper and say, as the deer pass for the river streams, Father, so my soul longs after you. Lord, you are my shepherd. Lord, you are my delight. You are my light and my salvation. Father, show me, show me deep things in you. Reveal to me the mysteries of your kingdom. The Bible says that unless we live life in union, and the crazy thing about it is that Jesus wants to live life in union with you. But do you want to live life in union with him? He's saying that unless you live life in me, you'll be saved. Don't get that twisted. Nothing can separate me from your love. Don't get that twisted. But you won't bear fruit. And there's so many fruitless Christians who claim the name of God. But the fruit that they bear, we don't see it. If you never said you were a Christian, we won't even know. The Bible saying that it's time to bear fruit. Everyone say it's time to bear fruit. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. And it says this, the same verse, John 54. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union, like Jesus, Jesus is saying the, the same thing a thousand times, live in life union with me, live in life union with me, because he knows that that's the only way that you'll be able to live a fulfilled life. And he says, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. There's many of us asking God, what is your will for my life? He's saying, if you spend time with me, you will know. That what is your, the, the Bible says, says it, that if you live life in union with me, whatever you ask, it shall be done. You won't need to question that is God, is this you or is this not you? Because you know his voice. And the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. I've spoken to Joey on like a lot. I know his voice. I know what he sounds like. I know what he's capable of saying and what he's not capable of saying. That's because I know his voice. Like, like, God's voice ain't no, like, because I always used to think that God sounded like Mufasa for some weird reason. I thought that God was like, hey, someone. Nah. It's the still voice. It's the stillness. If the Bible says my sheep know my voice, that means he's supposed to be the shepherd. And sheep follow the shepherd. I'm from Ghana, yeah? So I see sheep and goats on the road all the time, yeah? If you see a goat, a goat is so stubborn. Like a goat, you literally need to, like, like sometimes you need to hold a horn and drag the goat. But a sheep would follow you no matter where you're leading it. Even if you're leading it into a slaughter, it would follow because it trusts that the shepherd knows best. And that's who God wants us all to be, sheep. Who follow him, go deeper into him. That's what the Bible says. 
So this is my next point. God wants to be more than your saviour. He wants to be your Lord. Those are not the same thing. Like, you know how we say, um, Jesus is my Lord and personal saviour? Yes, Lord and personal saviour. Those are not two ways of saying the same thing. And there's many of us, including me, that sometimes I only want Jesus, Jesus to be my saviour. So every time I mess up, I can come to him and he will save me. But not my Lord. Not the one who has ownership over my, my life. Not the one who has access into the deepest parts of me. Not the one that will say, this is the way that you should walk. Walk in purity. Walk in righteousness. Walk in obedience. I don't want that. God, like, just save me when I mess up. But he's saying that I'm not only your saviour, I'm your Lord. God don't only just want to be your saviour. That's for babies. That's for those who have not matured in their walk with Christ. He wants to be your Lord, where he has ownership. I go to my friend's house in Birmingham, yeah, and he, and he had a land, landlord. And the heater just stopped work, working, and this guy never seemed to panic. I'm like, bro, like, it's winter and your heater don't work. Like, and he was like, bro, like, all I need to do is call my landlord. Because this house ain't even for me. Everything that concerns this house, I just need to ring him up and be like, bro, landlord, so so and so is happening. And it's his duty. Because he's the Lord over that house. But is God Lord over your house? Like, does he have does 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 he have ownership over you? Over the way you think, over your desires, over, over your motives. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be not only your savior. But your Lord. And I get it. I get it. It's, it's hard to make someone Lord if you don't love them. And here's where the meat of my sermon comes from. Like, it's hard. Like, why am I going to make God Lord over everything over me if I don't love him? If I don't trust him? And the painful reality is even for me. Many of us don't love God like we say we do. Like, 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 like we think we do. But when push comes to shove, it exposes who we really love, who we really trust. But look what the Bible says in John 14, 15. John 14, 15. It says this, if you really love me, now this is Jesus talking now, this ain't no disciple in your Bible. This is in red. If you really love me, you will keep and obey my commands. And first of all, I used to read that as a threat. Like, you know when someone is saying that, if you, like, 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 love me, otherwise you want to, like, if you don't love me, I used to read that as a threat until the Holy Spirit changed the tone of that to me. And what Jesus was really saying that, he wasn't saying that if you love me, you obey my commandments as a threat. He was saying that, that the only way you can obey my commandments is if you love me. Like, 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 loving me is what empowers you to obey me. You won't make somebody Lord if you don't love them. And what Christ is saying that, yo, it's simple. If you want to live a life for me, with me, it starts from you loving me. 
And for many of us, our love for God has leaked out. Let's show by, let's show by hands. This is, a, this is a hospital for the broken. If you know that your love for God has kind of leaked out, let's show by hands. I'll, I'll be the first. In fact, I'll raise, I'll raise two hands. I'm thankful that you came here today because the Bible gives us good news. So, 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 so if your love for God has leaked out, it's cool. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool. But today your life will never be the same. God will begin to do a new thing in your life where you will love him so much that everything you do would, would stem as a result of loving him. But for me, my love for God has leaked out. And this is what it looks like. Oh my days. So if this is my heart, yeah, many of us, this is how our heart looks like. Due to life situations, yeah, the enemy has managed to, like the Bible says that he throws arrows at us on a daily basis. Like I got, I got sacked from my job. Like many of you used to love God until you entered that relationship. Then the guy said that if you won't be celibate, I'm leaving you. So right now you question your own worth. Let's be honest today. Many of you used to love God. You used to spend time with him until you got that job. So right now you no longer have time to pray. But he's saying that everything that you depend on and everything that depends on you, it needs you to depend on me. Many of us are busy with the blessings of God that we no longer have room for the blesser. And he's saying that I can take that away if it's a problem. Like, 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 if the blessing that I gave you is now taking you away from me, was it really a blessing? And many of us, due to life situations, the enemy has managed to cut away our love for God. So if God wants to fill us up, if he wants to fill us up with his love, it leaks. Like, like it's Sunday. Hallelujah. But from Monday to Saturday, lust has control over my life. Like it's Sunday. Freedom. But from Monday to Saturday, I'm living my life in bondage. This is how many of us, our heart looks like. Because the enemy has managed to chip away in new situations, to chip away our love for God. But the Bible says that if you really love me, like, you, to be honest, you can't serve God with a heart like, like this. Because even when he tries to pour into you, it would leak in the form of anger, Depression, anxiety, worry. As you guys can see, yeah, this heart, it has things under it. There's people that are dependent on you to be everything you've called, to be everything God has called you to be. But if God is trying to fill your cup, so the people under you, the people around you can be blessed by you, but what if he's pouring into a shattered heart? 
So where you're supposed to be the peace of the world, you take your anxiety into places that you are supposed to bring hope to. Where, 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 where you are supposed to be joy that lights up every single room, you, you yourself, you know, shattered heart, shattered heart. This is how many of our hearts, there's many people here used to be on fire for God. Oh, come on. Used to be on fire on, on, until, until you made friends with that group and you feel like serving Jesus is no longer cool because there's certain events that I can't be at. There's certain things that I can't do. But God is saying, yo, the coolest life you can ever live is a life that is led by me. Because that's the life that would bear fruit not only in this life, but in the afterlife. They say YOLO, but for us Christians, we don't live once, we live twice. Beat that. We have an eternal life that we're going to. But for many people here, even myself, this is what our heart looks like. Shattered. That we no longer pray. Every time we pray and there's a phone call, we neglect the prayer. And then we answer the phone call, then the phone call ends up being a beauty call, and then we just leave our house and just... I've, I've been there before. But if God is saying that we should live life in union with him, if he wants to be Lord, like, like I'm all for shows like Love Island and stuff like that, bro, but that can't be your standard for love. But many of us, and don't get it twisted, me, I watch them shows, but you will not catch me watching them shows more than I consume the word of God. But for many of us, our hearts look like this. Where the life God has for us, even if he tries to pour into us, it leaks. So, you're, so you may be asking, okay, so how does my love grow again? I'm glad you came today. My first point, acknowledge the state of your heart and ask God for, for help. It's simple. Acknowledge. Father, I can't lie to you right now. Every single time I scroll through my Instagram, I suffer with comparison. And it makes me feel like I'm worthless. If you acknowledge that, he'll be like, bro, why are you even comparing yourself? Why are you looking at someone else's tree whilst you're still in seed form? Like, like, like don't, don't you know that I have a plan for you? Like, why are you seeking your affirmation? in things you're supposed to be affirming. You'll catch that later. But why, why are you seeking affirmation in Instagram likes? In who likes you? But many of us don't take our heart like this to God because we feel like we can't come just as we are. See, the most powerful prayers are not the perfect ones. It's the most authentic ones. That, Father, I can't lie to you right now. Unless your spirit does the work in me right now, I'm going to go on the website and I'm going to watch porn. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking, I'm asking that you satisfy me the right way. Many of us feel like God don't want us to talk like that to him. That, oh, God, how great thou art. Glory, brother. Brother. 
that father, I don't really love my children. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm impatient with them. Like, acknowledge the state of your heart and ask God for help. David, perfect example. David was the king of Israel. He had a moment that he, he sinned greatly. And he, you know, he, you know, he done some stuff that he was not supposed to do. But what I love about David was his response. David acknowledged. This is this is what he this, this is what he even says. Psalm fifty-one, verse ten. He acknowledged that father. This is the heart that I have for you right now. And with this heart, I can't please you. With this heart, I can't be fruitful. What did David do? Psalm fifty-one, verse ten. And for many of us, this needs to be our prayer today. He says, create a clean heart for me, God. Put a new, see, everyone say new. He didn't ask God to renovate his heart. Because David knew that the heart that I currently have, God, I'm not going to lie to you. If this is the heart that I'll be with tomorrow, you'll get the same results that you got today so father i'm like 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 i need you to create in me a clean heart purify my heart and this is god's response to us acknowledging our hearts and saying that father put a new heart within me deuteronomy um 30 verse 6 see god don't just look at this and be like bro go sort your go sort your life out this is what this is his response Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. It says, The Lord your God will give you and your descendants obedient hearts so that you would love him with all your hearts and you'll continue to live in that land. So the moment you acknowledge the state of your heart and say, Father, put a new faithful spirit within me. Father, put a new righteous spirit within me. He don't look at you and be like, Brother, go patch it up. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you a new heart. The Bible says that it is him that gives us the will to do his good pleasure. Like, like God's not asking for you to do anything he won't supply. If you want to love him more, he would give you a new heart. That's what he's telling these, these children, that I will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your being that you may, that, that you may live. The Father wants to give you a new heart. So, if your heart is like this, it's cool. The Father wants to trade today and actually give you a new heart. So that this time, when he's pouring his love on you, it won't leak, but it will overflow. What is coming out of you now is no longer anxiety, but it's joy. It's no longer worry, but it's peace. And those around you are affected by you being filled up by God. But it all starts with you having a right heart for him. So, 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 all I'm trying to say is that That if your heart is like that, shattered, it's cool. Just ask God for a new heart. 
acknowledge the state of your heart right now and ask God for a new heart. So when God gives you a new heart, he don't just want you to have a new heart and just stay there because that means like it can get back to square one again. But look what the Bible says in Philippians 1, 9. Like God wants you to spend time with him. That's even my next point. Spend time with him. That's how love grows. When you're intimate with the Father. Like, you cannot tell me. I've got three sisters, yeah? I love them more now than I did 10 years ago. I mean... I may not like them. I may not give them my phone charger, but I will happily give them my left lung. Because love has grown because of time spent together. And many of us want, 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 want our love for God to grow without spending time with him. Look what it says in Philippians 1.9. It says, I continue to pray for your love to grow. Everyone say Grow. Like, this is a season where we can't remain the same. There's always a level up. There's always deeper. There's always more. I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure, bringing you into the rich revelation of spiritual insight in all things. Like, like God wants your love for him to grow. And it starts with you acknowledging the state of your heart and asking him for, for help. And then spending time in the place that can grow you. Spending time in the place that, that where, where he can speak to who you really are. Spending time in the place where he can show you your future. Like many of us here, the things that we think, if we're just to spend time in his presence, we will get the proper perspective. There's many times here we worry for nothing. Worry is based off an assumption that may, that is, that may not even be real. But in his presence, the one who made you, who else, yeah? No, 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 you know, you, you know, like, think, uh, think about this. Who else can tell you who you really are, show you where you're really going, except for the one that made you? But many of us, we don't go to the secret place to find out what's really going on. We go and ring a friend who themselves, they have problems. So they will project their problems on you. See, I'm, I'm not saying don't speak to friends about your situations. Well, I don't know. But there should be someone in your life that you can speak to. But all, but all I'm saying is, a, a, everything that they're saying to you, verify it in the presence of God. Verify everything somebody says to you. Like, God does speak through people. The Bible says he even spoke through a donkey like God can speak through anybody but what I'm trying to say is that prayer spending time in him it shouldn't be your last resort it should be your first response like 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 it's time it's time it's time we reconnect back to the signal back to where the signal is strongest because I'm tired, I, I, I don't know about, about, about you, but I'm tired of living a fruitless Christian life. Where, 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 where there's Christians and then that's it. No, 
there's territories, there's things like, there's people that won't even come to this faith through a sermon. But through the way you live your life, they can be like, bro, there's something different about you. Like, we're facing the same situation, but you seem to be just so peaced. Like, walk one. They'd be like, bro, I know a guy named Jesus. And if you will come to church with me, I can show you more about him. Like, like me preaching alone may not save anyone's life. As a matter of fact, I can't save no one's life. I can only sow seeds. The Bible says that the increase comes from God. But all I'm saying is, if you knew the weight of your life and how the whole earth waits upon the manifestation of you to be who God's called you to be, you, you won't play with it. You'll be intentional. And I feel like this is a season where we have to be intentional about going deeper. Because as the world gets darker and darker, it's time for Christians to shine bright. It's time for us to be the city that's on the hill. It's time for us to be the light that can go into every dark situation and say, this is what the kingdom says about this situation. This is the biblical perspective. Like, like, bro, sister, it's time for us to go deeper. The whole earth, like everything that depends on you, it needs you to depend on God. This is a season of reconnecting. Season of going deeper. So once God gives you a new heart and your love overflows, this is my last point. And this is the, this is the point that I never want you to forget. Proverbs 4, 23. And this is a popular verse. Like, 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 this is a very popular verse. Proverbs 4, 23. But I wonder if it's hit home to many of us. And it says this. So above all, everyone say above all. Like above prayer, like above everything that you can ever do. It says, God, the affections of your hearts. Like people allow people to get into this so easily. And what do they end up doing? Messing with our hearts. So we can no longer be everything God's called us to be. Proverbs says, above everything you can do, guard the affections. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. But for many of us, things other than God has taken the place in our heart. For some people, it, it may be their, their job, that they're so consumed with their career and where they're going, that that dictates every situation. For many people like me in the season, it was, it was, it was, it was lust. Lust was on the throne of, of my heart. Last night, I had to pray and I say, Father, anything that has exalted itself above you in my life, Father, right now I'm asking you to help me dethrone it and help me repent of it so I can put you in your proper place. And that's the one that has ownership over my desires, ownership over my motives, the one being the Lord of my life, the one who, who, who can say, go and I will go, the one who will say, here I am and then I'll go. Like, for many of us, things other than God has taken the place of our heart. But the Bible's saying that today, we need to be thrown every foul thing that has taken God's place. And once God comes back on the throne of our heart, it's saying this, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention 
to the welfare of your innermost being. For from there flows the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. Don't allow things and situations to get into your heart too easily. Guard it. I'm, I'm not saying build a wall, because many people can read this and then like they build a wall. Like, nah, no one's going to chat to me today. No one's going to even have a chance to bless me. No, 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 no. I'm not saying build a wall. There's a difference between a wall and a gate. A wall stops everything from coming in. But a gate, you're able to pick and choose what you allow in and what you don't allow in. When the Bible says, guard your heart, saying that, bro, you are too precious. My daughter, you are too precious. My son, you are too precious for you to allow anything to corrupt the thing that I've placed in you. So the Bible says, above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. And guys, all I'm saying is today is heart surgery. It's heart check. It's time to put God back on the throne of our hearts. It's time to acknowledge the state of our hearts. It's time for us to ask God to help us because we won't live a fulfilled life without him. Family, let's rise to our feet.